The meat of live is Christ. The meat to die is gain. Every moment in between, there'll be joy and there'll be pain. I can't worry about the future or change a thing about my past. I've got this moment to believe and I'm gonna make it last. I am filled to be emptied. This is Pastor Michael Rogers from The Jar at 702 H Street Northeast in Ardmore, Oklahoma. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. One of the things that we believe here at the JAR is in the priesthood of all believers and that we all have different gifts and abilities and, and, and talents and passions and desires and we all hear from God in different ways um, and so that gives every one of us something to say. Uh, but we're really excited today that our family pastor, Kerry Nault, is coming to share the word. Remember that it's through his spirit and through his word that wisdom comes. Whoever is speaking, as long as they are staying true to the word and staying in his spirit, Whatever they say that comes out of that that is wise is from him and not from anyone who is doing the speaking. And I know that Carrie feels the same way. Uh, but we are excited. I wanted to sit here with her because I wanted to give you a sense. So there are going to be times when the two Carries are sitting up here. There will be times when Carrie and I are sitting up here. There will be times when we as individuals will be coming up and sharing the word. And we are looking for others who are wanting to learn how to share the Word of God. And so we want to give you uh, just that introduction to the idea that it's, this is not about Pastor Carrie, it's not about Pastor Michael, this is about God. And this is who he is. And we believe that we are going to hear a word today from Miss Carrie. Amen. Let me pray. Father, we thank you and we praise you that you are God and that you have the power. You have the wisdom. You have the knowledge. And should we only be faithful to the word you've given us, your spirit will move in the hearts of those who hear us. And we pray that for everyone today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Thank you very much, Pastor Michael. One of the first things I have to do is move an obstacle. I like to stand when I talk. Um, I usually walk the room as I'm teaching my fourth graders, and so you're no different. In addition, the series that has been started by Pastor Michael and the other Pastor Carey is Stand. And a few weeks ago, it was started with Submit to God, standing for the S. And then that came from James chapter 4, verses 1 through 10. And then continuing on, the T, Talk About Life, 2 Corinthians 13, 11 through 14. And tonight, we are at the letter A, Assesses Each Other. And a few weeks ago, Michael stated that when we assess each other, it's not a judgment, but it's an encouragement. And we need to remember that as we go through God's word tonight. Now, I am not going to start this sermon off by saying that this was easy to write. I wasn't focusing at first. And then I began focusing only on the word encouragement. And I wrote a whole sermon about encouragement. It was a pretty good sermon, too. And last night, yes, last night, 
God thumped me on the head and said, that's not what you need to preach tomorrow. So I wrote my whole sermon last night. My teeny tiny brain woke up. I will blame it on fourth graders. I will not, I promise you. Assess. To assess someone is to evaluate or estimate the nature, the ability, or the quality of. Now obviously, my brain needed some assessment, and it is working properly now, so I think we're on the right path here. I want to uh, kind of take a sidebar here. Michael was talking about Elijah. Elijah is, his story is one of the reasons I jumped into ministry. I was teaching vacation Bible school and teaching that story of Elijah. And he at one time says, Lord, I can't do this. And he was hiding out and he was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And I was hiding out because I had been asked to be the children's pastor at a previous church. And I was like, nope, can't do this. Can't do this. And as I'm teaching kindergartners, God thumped me on the head and said, oh, yes, you can. And I can through him and only by him. But let's get back on to our point tonight. When assessing an individual, or in our case this evening, we are assessing our brothers and sisters in Christ. I want that very clear. There are many ways to do this, and as a fourth grade science teacher, my thoughts always go towards observation. We make a lot of observations. Observing one's fruits. Observing the actions of others in their Christian walk. Observing of their hearts and making sure that they are in the right place. Again, it's not judgmental. Now, these words may sound judgmental in action, but they're not. Assessing one another when it comes to our Christ-like selves is not judgment. I want to make that clear. Let's turn to 1 John chapter 3, verses 16 through 24. 1 John, 1 John chapter 3, verses 16 through 24. And as you turn there, I want to tell you, my hope is to peel back each of these verses one by one until we get to the center of this message. And we aren't, we aren't going to rush through everything but I will also say I'm not going to keep you here all night because the Astros and the Rangers play in a little bit. <laughs> Go Rangers. Um, so just follow along as I read 1 John chapter 3, verses 16 through 24. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech but with actions and in truth. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts. And he knows 
everything. Verse 21. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And receive from him anything we ask because we keep his commands and do what pleases him. And this is his command. To believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. And to love one another as he commanded us. The one who keeps God's commands lives in him. And he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. Wow. Are your toes hurting yet? Mine did when I read this passage. But I don't want you to stay focused on just your toes. Okay? They're going to hurt for a little bit. But I want to rather encourage you to assess your inner self as well. We want to assess our brothers and sisters, but we often need to assess our own hearts and our own selves. Don't forget to do that from time to time. Let's look at verse 16 through 18. The Greek has four words for love that distinguish among various affections that we call love in the English language. There's agape love, and that's the love that is devoted to the welfare of our beloved. Then there's eros, the romantic love. There's philos, which is the friendship love, or uh, you think of the city of Philadelphia, the city of love, brotherly love. And then there's storge, and this has to do with the love between family members and also others. Now, for verse 16, we're going to be thinking of philos and agape love. Devotion and friendship, brotherly slash sisterly love. Christ indeed showed us, each of us, agape love. When he laid his life down for us, that was true devotion. He had no idea who we were at that time. We weren't even a glimmer of hope. But he knew others would be coming after him, and he did that anyway. That devotion, that agape love, that unconditional love. And that second part of verse 16, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. John chapter 15, verse 12 through 13 says this. This is my commandment, that you love one another, even as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone who laid down his life for his friends. There's no greater love. Christ laid his life down for us, and I can't think of any other way than to show our love for us his sacrifice. Now there is a, a fantastic movie called Hacksaw Ridge. I don't know if anybody has seen that, but it is a film that focuses on World War II experiences of Desmond Doss. And uh, Desmond Doss was an American pacifist 
who was also a Seventh-day Adventist Christian. And he refused to carry a weapon as he served in the military. And Doss became the first conscientious objector to receive the Medal of Honor for his service of above and beyond what he was asked to do. You see, um, at the Battle of Okinawa, Desmond Doss was not going to leave any of his brothers behind, those that were wounded. And he ran into that battlefield and he just cried out, Lord, just one more, just one more. Let me find just one more. And he would bring them back to that ridge and he would start lowering their bodies down to his comrades. Lord, just one more, just one more. And he would keep going back for his comrades. It's a great film that expresses agape love for his brothers in arms. And oftentimes here at the jar, we say we've, we have eight souls that we have baptized this year. And as pastors and as our leadership team, I can't tell you how many times we say, Lord, just one more. Just one more. We want one more. Actually, we want five, 10, 15, 20 more. Well, we're going we're gonna to be happy with one more. That agape love. But we don't necessarily have to go to that extreme to show our agape love for one another. We could sacrifice our own lives, but what about just sacrificing our own time? We have a lot of time on our hands, and often we, um, we think our time is more valuable than others. Oh, I don't want to give up my time to help that person. I'm going to act like I'm busy. It might be just that agape love that you need to show by taking someone to the doctor, maybe to the store, maybe helping them with the housework. Hint, hint. <laughs> no, seriously, just giving up one's self's desire to help another person in need. That's agape love. Are we doing that? Let's continue on to verse 17. Verse 17 says, If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Now, this verse is very controversial and can be. It's a whole other sermon, in my opinion. And unfortunately, we know the number of homeless people in our area alone is astounding. And it's growing rampantly, whether it's from possible addictions, uh, you know, drugs, alcohol, maybe just devastating circumstances that have happened. We know that it's there. But giving up our possessions literally is not necessarily what this verse is saying. But there are many ways to help individuals that are in need without enabling their addictions. Giving up your material possessions may be as simple as cleaning out your closet and donating those clothes to help other people. We have a great clothes closet here that's open each week. Okay, Patsy and Sherry work very hard for that. 
individuals can come and benefit from that wonderful service. And I'm guilty. I often bring clothes to Patsy and say, these have been sitting in my car for a while or they've been sitting in my chair for a while. It's also got to take that next step. I can clean up my closet, but I got to take that next step. Let go of my possessions to help another person. Be more mindful of that. I see each week several students at school who um, receive a little bag of food to take home with them for the weekend. Okay, it, it ranges from pudding to applesauce to canned meats, whatever, but it's from an organization who knows that some students just need that little extra to get through the weekend due to their circumstances. Maybe finding an organization that does that. Okay, you're showing your material possessions, whether it's financial or just items that you can donate to help out. But if you know there's a need and you're not acting, is your heart right with God? Think about those things. I hope this makes sense to you. You know, we don't have to give up everything, but we do need to give what we can from our blessings. We really are a blessed people. United States is a blessed people. Steve and I were talking about this before the service. Some of our students don't understand what third world countries go through on a daily basis. And I tried to share that with my fourth graders a few weeks back of just knowing, I said, um, trying to get their attention that, you know, an education is a privilege. And it is. Because in many countries, those same aged students are having to go out and scrounge around for food just so their family can have food every day. So maybe we could give up just a little to help someone else in need. Clothes, food, whatever. A ride to the doctor's office. In verse 18, it clearly states to us, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Don't just talk about it. Make it happen. You can show on my feet. Practice what you preach, Carrie. Practice what you preach. These verses grabbed my attention this week and said, you need to be more mindful. Let's continue, verse 19. We set our hearts at rest in his presence. Now, how wonderful is that? Think of that. Imagine being in the presence of Christ, our Lord and Savior. I often call it awship because it's awesome and it's worship. Just put together, it's awship. You know, you get so excited, you combine all your words. In his presence, we set our hearts at rest in his presence to sit at his feet and be in awe and worship. We focus on that. This verse leads us right in, of course, to verse 20. And if our hearts condemn us, or if our hearts hurt, it's, it's painful. 
It's painful. We have that remorse sometimes. We know that God is greater than our hearts. He knows everything. Okay? He knows our internal thoughts. We can put on that game face, but he knows what's going on inside of us, each one of us. The other day I had a student come to me in the middle of class asking for their assignments because um, he'd been in the restore program, it's more like in school suspension, just from doing something, a choice that they made. And he came in and he was looking down at him. I didn't notice. I'm going to I said, you got to look up and talk to me. What's going on? He goes, I need my assignments. And he had tears in his eyes and they were just big crocodile tears. And I said, okay, here's your assignments. Kind of made a decision that wasn't so great, huh? He goes, yes, ma'am. I said, did you learn from it? He goes, yes, ma'am. I said, good. Sometimes that's what has to happen to us. We have those big crocodile tears and our hearts ache. But are we learning from it? Are we truly understanding what God is trying to get us to understand? And it is perfectly okay to be a crier. Whether you're male or female, it's okay to cry. It's okay to show that remorse. Especially when you're talking to God and you cry out and you're just bawling. He's like, I know, my child. How much do you think I have cried over the decisions that you've made? It's about time you feel that way. You know, he's not that mean, but he, we've got his attention. He's got our attention. When we know we haven't done what is pleasing to God and we ache, we cry out, we cry out in pain. And, and you know, I can recall being a blubbering baby when I first came to know Christ. Anybody else a blubberer? I mean, man, I blubbered and I sniveled. <laughs> you know, I love when kids come to you do that and they can't talk. <laughs> you breathe, breathe. You're going to pass out because you're holding your breath too long. I've done that. But when I accepted Christ, because I knew that I had not been living the right life that he desired for me, I felt remorse. And I, I cried. And I ate. And I said, oh, okay, God, I'm all yours. Now, did I stay that way the whole time? No, because I'm human. And I make dumb choices. I get to go back to God and say, guess what? I messed up. You still love me? <laughs> I never stopped loving you. I just didn't like what you were doing. And I know that other people saw what I was doing. And they were assessing me. And they were not just assessing to point fingers and being judgmental. I had some powerful people praying over me. And praying daily for me to get back on the right track. That's what brothers and sisters in Christ do for one another. We pray for one another. We assess, we see what's going on in each other's lives. We pray and we encourage one another. Don't go around and say, hey, you're acting like a fool. We don't say that. Sometimes we want to. 
that we pray for one another. We assess and we encourage one another. We never condemn. We never judge. That's not for us. Amen? I mean, it is not for us to judge. There's only one judge. You know, I uh, still often cry because sometimes I'll do stuff that's stupid. Now, I'm not trying to sound all goody-two-shoes on that statement, okay? I'm letting you know that even as a pastor, I mess up. I mess up. And I ache. And when we ache like we know, as Christ followers, we aren't pleasing our Savior. But if we don't ache, if we don't have that remorse, on some level we're saying we're better than God. Now are your toes hurting? If you don't have remorse over your actions as a Christ follower, you're actually saying, I'm better than God. Verse 21 tells us, Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God. We are arrogant. We are being arrogant. All right, now let's, let's take a break here, take a deep breath, and we're going to go to an upbeat thought because me and I have pushed some hard stuff down. Man, you beat us up. Okay, we'll build you back up a little bit now. Okay? It's okay to have our toes stepped on. Verse 23 and 24 are his commands. This isn't the only verse in the Bible that tells us this either, to love one another. John 15, 12, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. John 15, 17, just a few verses later, he says, these things I command you to love one another. He's driving it home. John 13, 34, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. You should love also one another. John liked reminding us of this. Now, repetition doesn't mean it's um, a bad thing. It's that being stated over and over and over to stick inside your brain. If it's repeated more than once, twice, three times, it's meant to stay in your brain. It's kind of like hammering it into our hearts and our souls. John kept telling us this. Don't get discouraged. You say, okay, how many times do you have to say it? Until you hear it and you believe it and you do it. Now that we've looked at all of these verses, I'm going to go to the in-depth and the topic at hand. And I know some of you are saying, well, it's about time. Assesses. When we assess one another as brothers and sisters in Christ, we are looking to see if we... And they are following Christ as we or they should. Maybe a loved one has tripped into an old habit. And we see that and we need to encourage them to get back onto the right path. Doesn't mean you're judging, but you're just encouraging them. Some might need a kick or a shove or a push, but you do it gently. Oh, I'm sorry, my foot came up too hard. Okay. <laughs> Tough love. Encouraging one another 
to stay focused on what God can and will do in his time. We get discouraged at times and think, you know, God doesn't care about me and my problems because it's not happening and it's not working out for me. This isn't fair. Or is that just me? Okay, I admit, I can still be that way. I get frustrated. I get flustered. Why is this happening for me? Why did they get that, but I haven't? I've done just as much. Why are they a size two and I'm not? I have a, a wonderful husband who reminds me this very loudly. He says, you know, when God's good and ready, it's going to happen. And I look at him and go, thanks for stepping on my toes. We're not dancing, but you've made your point. When God's ready, it will happen. We often forget that. We often forget that. Seriously, though, he helps me stop whining about life and get focused on how blessed I truly am. He assesses me, and he does it with love and with attention. Assessing one doesn't mean we're being judgmental, as I've stated a million times. It means that we care and we love one another. We care what's going on in each other's lives. We care about our decisions that are being made. We want to ensure that our brothers and sisters don't fall. You may know someone in your life that's just totally given up on God. And that's hard, 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 hard to hear. I actually have some um, fellow pastors that their children have turned their backs on God. It's hard for them. But they haven't given up. They just keep praying. And they see little, little baby steps happening. And then they get to shout that hallelujah. And they keep encouraging them, not judging them, not waggling their parental finger at them, but just going, hey, I love you. I have family members who aren't following hard after Christ. They used to. I still love them, still encourage them. Don't judge. I just pray and say, okay, God, you've got to work on their heart. Because if you let me, I'm going to jail. Lord, I'm going to let you have control of this. And part of that, too, just a little this flickered into my teeny tiny brain, is sometimes we put it at the feet of Christ and we say, okay, God, I'm, I'm giving you this prayer. Okay, God, there it is. And we walk away, and about a few days later we go, hey, it's, it's right here. See, see, look, it's here, God. Put it at Christ's feet and walk away. It's at his feet. It's not for you to take anymore. In his time, he's going to pick that prayer up and he's going to shape it. And he's going to mold it. And then we're going to see it. But give him time. His time. 
it was just a sidebar, kind of jumped into my brain. I'm guilty of that, but I thought I'd share. Don't don't do as I say. Do as I like, don't do as I do. Do as I say. There that there's that phrase. We care for one another. We assess each other. But when we assess, it's not to judge. It's to encourage. Don't give up hope. Don't give up your faith. Just, just trust. Trust God. In all you do, in all you say, help one another out. Do what Christ did for us. Give up your life for another person. Give up some of your time that you have on your hands. Give up some of your material possessions to the right organizations that can help individuals who are truly seeking help. Be aware of those in need. Think about your own life and assess your own life to see how you can help them. That's one thing. As we um, enter into discussion here in just a few moments, um, I've never necessarily preached a sermon to say, okay, now we're going to discuss. But I had a few questions that popped into my brain. It says, how can I make it clear that I'm assessing not being judgmental? How can I make it clear to that person? I'm not... Judging, I'm assessing and I'm seeing this. How can I do that? What are those words that you can use? And then here's one that popped into my brain. It was actually the first one I wrote down. I kind of swapped them. Have I rejected assessment? Have I rejected when someone's come and spoken to me and said, hey, Carrie, you need to straighten up a little bit. I'm seeing this happen, and I, I just want to make sure you're okay. But have I rejected assessment? And if so, I just want to say, hey, God, I'm sorry. I ultimately rejected you because you put them in my path. So be thinking about those things as we go into just a time of discussion with one another how can I make it clear that I'm assessing, not judging someone? And then has there ever been a time when you may want to confess it to someone this evening? Have I rejected assessment? And it may be just a time just to say, hey, God, look, I'm sorry, man. Forgive me. I messed up. And it's not going to be the last time. But I know you'll still love me. Let him step on your toes, too, even if you're not dancing. It's a good thing when your toes get stepped on and your heart hurts because it means you're letting God move in your life. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Jar with Pastors Michael and Carrie Rogers. If you're a believer in Christ looking for an opportunity to learn how to be a disciple-maker, Come see us at 702 H Street Northeast in Ardmore, Oklahoma. Our regular gatherings start on Sundays at 4 p.m., so you can still make it to see us today. Hope to see you soon. I am filled.
till we 